0: Welcome to Engaging Parenting, the Bridgeway podcast on parenting kids and teens, and we're here to talk specifically about the glorious and terrifying work of parenting teenagers in this culture, and why being spiritually and culturally informed is essential. And we like discussing practical tips on how you can parent confidently and watch your teenagers thrive. So my name is Pastor Matt, and I'm here with Pastor Cliff, our high school ministry pastor, and we're here with our guests from last week, which is Dr. Daniel Gluck and Alyssa Gluck, and we're going to continue talking about how do you help your teens foster friendships.
1: Yeah, and this idea of friendships, um, and if you haven't listened to our last episode, please pause this and go back to the last episode, but uh, this whole idea of friendships is so essential. And uh, I had this story that I wanted to share with you guys and see, I want to get your advice on it. When I was in middle school and high school, I had two specific best friends. I had a best friend in middle school and a best friend in high school. My best friend in middle school, we looked the same. We had the same haircut. We (laughs) always hung out with each other all the time. It was awesome. We were inseparable. We played all the same sports. But for some reason, when we got into high school, he didn't want to be my friend anymore. And it was really hurtful for me. Mm. And I didn't like that at all. And then um, fast forward to when I was in high school, I had the same type of thing. Uh, I had a best friend. We played soccer together. We did everything together. And then by the time my senior year and even post high school happened, he just didn't want to be around where I was anymore. Um, I think looking back, I think it's because I really wanted to pursue my um, relationship with the Lord and want those, those things. And he had different values than I did. But um, my, my question for you guys is, I think a lot of teenagers face this, like I have a best friend, but for some reason they don't want to hang out with me. How as parents can we help them walk through that process? Because it's, it's really hurtful because at that time, having a best friend and losing that best friend is is super hard.
0: Yeah, good question.
2: Sure, and it's almost worse than them moving away. You know, yeah. like that yeah, is one hard. layer of mourning, mm-hmm. but them choosing not to is also hard. I mean, I think even as a grown-up you know, there are there are friendships that are seasonal. And so we have mm-hmm. the the wisdom of, you know, experiencing that. Sometimes God brings people in your life for a certain season that you're going through. And then, you know, you go your different ways or whatever. And so, but I know in a world where teenagers have such an important um focus on friendship and they become like the people and, you know, they're their their tightest relationships. It yeah. can be super hurtful when they feel rejected or whatever. So I mean, my, my only thought in this is, you know, all of us have a story like that. So being able to say, man, I know what that feels like. And I know you don't see it now, but that could be God actually protecting you from something. Mm-hmm. You know, the rejection that you think you see could actually be God's protection. And, um, but yeah, just, I don't know, sitting with them in the hurt of that. Cause that, yeah, that is, a, that's a huge, huge hurt. Yeah, that's good.
3: Yeah, last week we talked a lot about listening and asking questions, and I think this is one of those great teachable moments to mm-hmm. you know, it's not always because the friendship is bad or whatever, but to be able to listen to your teen and say, What's going on here? And what might God be at work? I heard somebody say at at any point in life, and I think we've probably all experienced that, God is always breaking something down and he's always building something up. And sometimes I think he breaks down Certain friendships because of unhealthy influences or because he's moving us in a different direction. So, for us to be able to help facilitate those conversations to help our kids, our teens understand God being at work and just because it feels negative doesn't mean that there's a greater picture that God's up to, uh, might be a, a big deal.
2: And praying with them, you know, being able to say, let's turn this over to God, like tell him how you're feeling in this. Yeah. And, yeah. and also, let's pray. I mean, I am back on my knees going, okay, God, I need you to provide for my kids again this Mm -hmm. year. You know, that the people that they sit by at school and their, their teachers and who they choose to sit at lunch, that those would be people that would bring out the best in them and that they would be good friends to them. So, you know, even for them to pray, okay, I feel totally alone now. Where am I supposed to sit at lunch? You know, or my routine is completely thrown off Mm -hmm. and to invite God into that and say, okay, let's ask God to bring somebody who's going to be a kind friend to you. Mm -hmm. Um, so they can watch them provide. Yeah, that's yep. a
0: good point. What I like about it is you guys are really talking about how to teach and influence your kids on understanding God's sovereignty and mm-hmm. His providence, right. <laughs> and and like within, yeah. hey, things are shifting and changing. You know, they're happening in your life personally, and now they're happening in your social dynamic or your friendships. Let's talk about how God uses that because now you're preparing them not just for adolescents or teenage years, yeah. but life yep. right. <laughs> cuz yeah. that's always happening god's sovereignty yep. and providence and showing them the value of prayer um uh to kind of add to this question you know sometimes your teen their friends um are you just get too busy um, yeah, and yeah. because of the you know especially in high school they it might be a different sport or it might be a, they get a job right. and you don't have a job and now yep. their life is more consumed. they get a
3: girlfriend or a boyfriend <laughs> <Yeah>. oh. <laughs> that's a whole another
0: episode number um, three right there baby so what it's called the we'll call that one the third wheel episode <laughs> yeah. and uh, I actually can speak very yeah. uh, informatively on that one Ooh. because I was that got some I was the third fifth or seventh wheel almost uh-huh. every time so it's going to be more and of a counseling session then for <laughs> it's you. Okay. Hey, that's mostly what yeah. these are. Okay, good. And <laughs> but uh but what what do you do when um it's not just that a situation happens that it's busyness or you know, your friend gets a girlfriend or boyfriend? Um, but uh but they you you watch your son or daughter doesn't really have many friends or any friends, or they're not good at making friends. How, how as a mm-hmm. parent can you be coaching that, um, you know, encouraging them within that's A really it. good question.
1: That is
3: you know, when our kids are toddlers, like a lot of young moms, and you can speak better to this, Alyssa, we set up play dates <laughs> for our kids, you know, probably more because the moms want to yeah. hang out, if we're <laughs> honest, right? <laughs> That's true. Um, but, you know, I think even with teens, we can sort of intentionally try to set up connection times, whether it's, you know, opening in the house to the youth group or trying to get with that one family that we really admire, or we see their friends, we see their family culture and we go, wow, those are some people I would like to hang out with, you know, and we can intentionally accidentally bump our kids into uh, other kids that we think could potentially, obviously you can't force friendships, but you can certainly facilitate opportunities for them to connect with good people. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. And that becomes more and more difficult the older they get, you know, that your high schooler is not going to want you to be like, I invited Johnny over today. You know, it's like, what? You're going to play chess.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what mom? So awkward. What's chess?
2: <laughs> but I, I do, I see this with a lot of my students. Um, and you know, I hear among, especially, um, some of my homeschool families, the high schoolers who are feeling alone, you know, they're taking yeah. online classes, um, yeah. and they're kind of going, who are my people, you know, and they're, they have this real deep longing. And so, I mean, again, finding places where teens hang out, you know, I say, you? do you want to, take, you know, voice lessons or be part of a choir or a dance team or whatever, you know, like let's get you around other students. But also in this world of technology, I mean, often students can, and, and even us as grownups, we can go on our Facebook feeds and Instagram and feel like we've hung out with people when we really haven't. And mm-hmm. there's something super important about that face-to-face mm-hmm. where our teens are finding, you know, connections with people online, but also teaching them, hey, we need to actually see these <laughs> these people and interact with them. So um. Yeah, pray like crazy that that God would give them good friends. Try to facilitate some sort of opportunities. I know mamas who just are like, "You want to try dance now? Let's try it. You hated that. Okay, let's go try <laughs> soccer. Oh, yeah. Check didn't find like-minded <laughs> people there, but um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think and I'm
3: boys can be especially awkward with this. No offense to boys, but I'm thinking about no this taken. thing that our our friends started oh this thing. Um, that's like this epic, uh, epic capture the flag game. And we go to this open green space, we call it Ewok Village, and they invite a whole bunch of guys to come. And uh, they get Nerf guns and they start playing this huge Nerf war. And sometimes there's like forty kids yeah. there—kids that we, our friends, are not. Our kids are not already friends with, and it's an opportunity for them to connect, doing guy yeah. stuff. You know, that's cool, shooting guns, you know, Nerf guns and stuff. But it's it's not virtual. It's face to face. It's real interaction, and it can be a catalyst for fostering really long term friendships.
0: Yeah. And when your kids are an introvert. It just takes longer. You that's need to get true. them around people for longer periods. They they won't glean as much or open up as much in a two hour right. moment that's or a true. four hour. They need sometimes a weekend yeah. camping or or like yeah. a, or a season like yeah. a like a dance group or right. uh, you yep. know where it's like Sports you're team. seeing people regularly. Um, and I think that's where as parents sometimes you can invest, which is sometimes sacrificial, but for like sure. you can invest into going. Okay, we're doing a trip. Like, we just went on a camping trip. First time camping for our family last week. How Uh, was it? We lived. uh, Congratulations. Good job. But, but, you know, now, like, even as we came back from it, my wife and I were thinking, okay, like, if we were going to allow our kids to invite one friend on that camping trip. And we did it with another family, but to go – there was space in the campground. And, yes, you might have to pay a little bit more for the food or, you know, if you go do something special, you're going to pay. But, again, especially if your kid is a homebody or an introvert – You're investing into getting them around someone, but you're still encouraging them to go, hey, think about, and you have to do this in advance, right? right? This is where my procrastination is not good. (laughs) But you have to go, hey, the next month, like, think about one person that you would love to have on this trip that we're going to do. Um, But sometimes that's hard because as families, we want to go, No, this is our family trip. Right. And and so and it's not that you have to do it with every family trip, right. but especially mm-hmm. when you're when your kids are struggling with that. But
1: that also co- goes back to the hospitality piece that we were talking about last week yeah. of how welcoming uh, your your kids' friends so that you get to mm-hmm. know them and, and influence yeah. them and give them food and all yeah, those fun and, things. And God
2: cares about your kids. You know, yeah. He wants them to have friends. I'm thinking even for my my little girl when she was a kindergartner. I I noticed the first couple weeks of school, like there are not very many girls that are that she's going to connect with really well. And so I just started praying like, God, I don't know. She was coming home kind of like, I don't know who to play with. You know, this is kindergarten style. But and so I just started praying, OK, God, I, I'm i asking you to provide a, a like-hearted friend in her class and prayed all the way through and um, over Christmas break. And then in January, I walked into the office and there was this mom who I had known from before. They moved back into the area, a Christian family, twin girls in Chloe's class. And I was like, <gasps> oh, and they hit it off and it was great. So I think sometimes it takes really praying and, and waiting on the Lord and saying, God, you know my kid and I'm going to trust that you're going to bring good people around them and and then watch him answer it. And that's the coolest thing ever. Amen. So, I love that. Amen.
3: And can we be clear about one thing? Like Matt was talking about the sovereignty of God. You can be the best parent in the world, theoretically. We don't claim to be for oh, sure. No. <laughs> you can... You can do all the right things, you can send your kids to church, but it's still the grace of God that covers your children, brings friendships that are healthy, protects them from harm. And so we know wonderful godly families that have wayward kids, and there's influences in the world, if we're honest, that pull our kids away. And so spending (laughs) lots of time on your knees and asking God to provide those friendships and asking God for his protection and covering over your kids, you know, I just think that's absolutely central.
1: Yeah. yeah, and this piece that I'm about to say could be encouraging or could it might not be encouraging. So the thing with friendships, too, I know we we talked about this briefly, I think, last week, um, is a lot of times you don't end up um, with a bunch of friends out of high school. Uh, I know for me, the yeah. the friends that I have now as I'm an adult, I, I created more in college than I did in high school. Um, yeah. I don't know exactly why that is. I think probably because you live with your your friends mm-hmm. in college and whatnot, and you get even closer in that way. But um, that doesn't mean we we don't focus on friendships in middle school and high school. It means that we we kind of learn how to become friends, and by the time we get to um, college, we're like, okay, these are the type of friends I'm I'm really looking for. And I know for me that uh, the type of friends I was looking for gave me the idea of where to go to college. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I went I, I went on multiple. In different tours of campuses and I just didn't like the feel of the students there yeah. I liked the place I liked the campus I liked the the classes and all those things but the people I was talking to I felt were were not real were fake were, yeah. weren't honest with me and weren't trying to pursue a, a relationship with Christ and that was something that I valued I went to Jessup um, and toured their the campus the best college you the mean? best college <laughs> ever <laughs> you yes. ended up at the best college exactly I just want to oh you worked there oh right. yeah so, so do you Matt it's about choice. that. and I went there Okay. <laughs> um So I went to Jessup, and I and I found these people who yeah. truly cared about the Lord and wanted to mm. pursue Christ. And so I turned to my dad after ten minutes touring Jessup. I'm like, I love this, this place. This mm. this is it. And right. my dad was so shocked because he was like, oh, I thought you were going to this other school. I was like, No, this is this is the place. Yeah. And um, that and I'm so glad that I toured Jessup because if I didn't tour Jessup, I wouldn't have known that. Mm. Yeah. So so th- you're what your teen um, is experiencing in high school and middle school kind of translate in the college because they learn what type of friends they're looking for.
2: That's so true, Cliff. And realizing like what they're going through and sometimes the dark stuff that they maybe are jumping into with these friends or whatever, it's part of God's story that he's actually writing in their lives. And so, you know, I think about my brother who was the second born who made some choices that were not great and got caught up in some gnarly stuff with his friends and it was really painful for my parents and all of us really watching him. Like, what are you doing? You know, but he almost needed to, to experience God's redemption and, and rescuing. So yeah. I know my parents spent a lot of time on their knees for him. And you know, we just hung out with him last week and I was just marveling at what God has done in his life. You know, yeah. there's redemption. He's a good dad now and he has a healthy yeah. marriage and yeah. he needed to go through that. And, and now his testimony is so much stronger, you know, what God delivered him from. So that's not fun to walk with I mean, when your kids are going through that, yeah. but realizing again, ultimately God is sovereign and he's allowing them to experience a story that he's writing. You yeah. Know, yeah.
0: yeah. And I mean, even to throw my story into there, like, um, because like, I, you know, I was the third of four and I was the only boy, I had three sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I had my time right after I graduated high school where I kind of had my, you know, I call it my mini spin because it wasn't long. It was like a year. But, um, but it was the friendships from high school that became almost the containment that God kept me within a realm because mm-hmm. I tried to get away from God, and those friends kind of wouldn't let it happen. Huh. Mm, that's um, so good. good and friends. like, like yeah, I, yeah. I tried to not go to church, and they'd be like, oh, I'm picking you up then. And I'm like, <laughs> Where are you at? I hate you. right? <laughs> and, and then even a friend that – he was the one that came back from his college. He was at um, Master's College. And he was like, hey, you need to go on the Mexico missions trip. Our church huh. is, nice. is going to be doing it. And I was like, no. And then he uh, like walked over – I happened to be at church. He walked over to the youth pastor that day and was like, "Hey, Matt can speak Spanish. He should go." And within a week, I'm on this trip because of him, and that's what brought me back to the Lord. Like, Mm -hmm. and so that's so So again. Like, uh, but but you know, like whether or not those friends are there or not, God's using the story. um, And but that's why, like as parents, we get on our knees and we pray and we seek out. Um, God to sustain our kids, whether it's through hard or smooth, yeah. right? To grow and form them and prepare them for the future, the yeah. friends and the and the story and the journey yeah. that they have. But but um, I want to go back to uh, on our last episode. We finished by talking about the power of food, and Let's probably because I'm food. the largest person here in the room, mm. I thought we <laughs> should come back to that. Uh, um, makes me hungry already. But yeah. uh, but you know you know there's there's this reality and it's ancient. Ancient, as well as like biblical, as yeah. well as modern, which is that relationships revolve around food or drinks. Mm-hmm. It's why coffee shops, pubs, um, markets, uh, anything like that, are restaurants are so popular. Yeah, um, connection happens yeah. around food. Mm-hmm. So, like as a parent, how do we foster that? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like other than just buying food, right? Which is like the very like well, that's obvious, Matt. Right. Um, but like, how do you actually be intentional? With that, and and actually provide um, memories, stories, um, opportunities yeah. within that.
2: I think one one thing I'm learning is you spend so much time giving your kids like healthy food, even in kids' way. They get like really healthy snacks when they're little, and then as they get older, it's like bag of chips and then ice cream, and that's just crispy they love cream.
3: It. So I, I've learned the yum, yum.
2: I've learned the hard way that like inviting my kids' friends over and not putting out like celery and hummus, but like putting out <laughs> chips and popcorn and like. I, Realizing I need to buy things that I don't normally want to buy, <laughs> and have those available at the house. Not saying every teenager likes that, but there is something about.
0: There are so yeah, many nutritionists have... right now that are cringing. So
2: I will still have hummus, but um <laughs> hummus yeah, is so good though. So. I think it's, it's nothing good. wrong with that. It is. I heard a friend say she was really good about having people over. She said like stock up on um, quesadilla stuff and yep. popcorn and that's, chips yep. and sodas. Like just yep. buy that at Costco and just have it on hand at all times yeah. for students. I had. I had
1: Bagel bites when I was in high school. Everybody nice. had bagel bites. That wow. was a thing. I don't, it's not a thing anymore, but <laughs> right. bagel bites were the Yeah, Pringles. Pringles. Uh, yeah.
0: All, yep. all sorts of stuff like that. Totally. Well, and then even just, you know, trying to find ways to get creative. And this is where I do love like youth ministry and, and my past in youth ministry, you know, because I was in youth ministry for 15 years, was taking ideas that we did there and going, okay, how do I do that now at home? At home. Yeah. yeah. And so like I still have, um, one of my kids for his birthday, we um, we did one of the whole things where we we went to Lowe's and we bought the. Um the water drain that you would put on the on your roof of the house, okay. brand new, Gunner. and yeah, the gutter. Yeah. yeah, I couldn't think of the term. <laughs> and uh, you know that thing that yeah, hangs thing. that water goes in, and uh, and then you take it and you put saran wrap in it. And we made this giant ten foot ice cream sundae. Oh my god. And, uh, and all of our kids fun. still remember that. And that's that was awesome. something we had done in our youth ministry. Yeah, I remember yeah, that. That's perfect. Um, that's so and, good. Uh, and and then so again, like taking things and not like the weird things like in youth ministry will blend up. Food yeah, we don't in a blender that. and then like have the kids drink it. That's a really good so, idea. Um, yeah, but uh, like <laughs> so gross. Um, or, or you know, we did. We've a never done that. So never right. done that. Uh, <laughs> not in the last year. We've done it. Okay, never <laughs> mind. <done> it. <laughs> <laughs> have you thought thing. about it? We've it's done a it. Thing but you know but doing those kind of fun things that yeah. that they give their friends a chance to to go man that was unique <laughs> and uh so it's not always about the amount of money cuz like right. we're pretty frugal people totally. like it's hard for us to go and buy we don't like yes. buying soda right. but you know to go okay what can we do though that's interesting yeah. or unique um and then again just making it available or or sometimes Giving food as a catalyst, and I don't know, maybe this is just my family, but food is a catalyst (laughs) for most of what we do. Like, all of us, it'll be like, Hey, we're gonna go do this, yeah, we're gonna eat this or eat here, right? And you know, your friends are are coming and they want to know that, and so,
2: and there's uh, you have mentioned her often, Kara Powell, who is one of my very favorites. Um, I'm looking at this book, Sticky Faith, that I've read like four times. Uh, by her, that's so good. But she talks about too the importance of inviting the teenagers around the same table. Like yes. so mm-hmm. often, we want yeah. to be like, oh, we just want adult conversation. Like go kids and be <laughs> the in kid the corner table on
3: the adult table.
2: But there's something really valuable to ha- to setting the table and having everybody around the table. And mm-hmm. uh, we did this with community dinners, and it was really fun because mm. they're actually really interesting human beings to yeah. get to be around. And <laughs> they are, you know, we if sometimes, you can get past their etiquette yeah oh yeah. <laughs> that's and their podcast jokes number and their, 3 you know yeah. yeah their fortnite lingo that i have no idea right <laughs> but um Orange justice yes just use dances, that use that phrase the that's all
3: you got to say yeah. but
2: yeah something about and this takes sacrifice like i'm saying like we sometimes are like we're just so tired we just want our own people and go deal with yourselves but the reality is, you know, I think it's empowering for them to feel like, no, you have an important voice at the table. So come on and let's let's be together. So. And we're
3: noticing with our new teen that he wants to be a part of that conversation, yeah. even if he's sitting in the corner is, listening yeah. or asking a couple of questions. And they'll say, what did you say? Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah and they're exactly. almost like
0: they're, they hear something and they want to.
3: Or they'll chime in. Yeah. And that's that's the kind of mentoring and example modeling we want to show them when it comes to friendship and interaction. Isn't yeah. It? yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's really good.
0: Uh, which brings up a good question for youth ministry, which is how do how do we keep creating opportunities for them to get around a table together mm-hmm. in the youth ministry? Because yeah. we don't do a lot of eating other than when you're on trips, camps, yeah. retreats.
1: Well, and that's why um, we created – I mean, you were in the room when we created this idea of open doors where every – yeah. Every, um, what, last Wednesday of every month, we go to homes and we have, we have youth group at home and we have food there and we kind of just hang out and pray in one of those things. And the reason why we do that is to cultivate that community aspect yeah. of like, that's Hey, great. let's, let's hang out at a home, which is a little bit more inviting, a little less crazy, especially for new people. And we say, Hey, let's, let's just do life together. Cause yeah. I think mm-hmm. that's a, that's a huge piece too, is just like um doing life with people, that's how you build friendships. Um when you go and take an SAT test the same day as somebody else, when you go and study Mm -hmm. for a test the same day as somebody else. You know, when you go to Origin or you go to you know some coffee shop and and study for a test. Like that's that's how you you build friendships. You know, and that's how those friendships become deeper when you share share life experiences yeah. together. Yeah. So
2: I'm thinking about, you know, we keep talking about the importance of youth group in church yeah. and whatever. And I'm thinking about how my parents, um, you know, the church that we were a part of, the youth group wasn't a great fit for me. It was very small. And I I was kind of like, I'm not finding like-minded people. And they allowed me the grace of going to a different church's youth group because yeah. it was a better fit. Like yeah. I found more like like-minded people, or maybe if you have an introvert or a kid who's easily overwhelmed by craziness, you know, a church with 200 junior hires, maybe is not going to be the best environment for you. And we are a body of
0: Christ, you know? So
2: not to say like, you know, Bridgeway youth is the only answer though. We love it and we're big fans of it, but man, if it's not a great fit for your kid, be willing to drive across town and find a fellow believer, you know, brothers and sisters that we're going to take care of each other's kids. And I, and I tell
1: kids that all the time. I'm honest with them. I'm like, you don't expect me to say this, but if you don't, like if this is not a place for you, you, you can go somewhere else. What's really awesome about this area, we've got plenty of really awesome do. churches really that do. have great youth ministries. Yep. Yeah. Um, sure. and I tell and I know the youth pastors. Right. And and they're awesome. And I'm like and hey, we're all on the same team. team. so I tell kids all the time, Hey, you, you you're going to Bayside next week? Awesome. Let me know how it goes. Yeah. Like that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Because you know?
0: social dynamic is such a high part of their Youth experience, yeah. yeah. If it's not there and it's not, and sometimes you just have to be able to call it in a yes. sense and go, "Hey, they've tried persevering right. for a year and right. they're not," um, you know, then to allow it. And then there was times I remember when I was a youth pastor that I would even push back on parents that they were coming to the church because they were it was what they wanted. But their uh-huh. kids were actually very plugged in in the youth ministry where they were at, and they were like, oh, and, you know, they don't really yeah. having a hard time here. And I and I would say, let them keep going to yeah. the youth ministry they were a part of, just because you're here. It's, you know, and and although that's the dream that right. your whole family, yes. that your whole family could be here all together, um, you know, like it's not always going to work out that way. But you have to care about your kids' social dynamic, and if you rip them away from that, you may be causing you know, um, uh, a challenge within that. So um, one last question here in our last few minutes, um, how do you maintain trust with your kids regarding friendships, right? Because the thing is, is that we've talked about these things, trying to foster this and and start. And for some parents, they're just in the beginning of it. Some of them, like we talked about, if you're into your junior, senior years, you know, how do you maintain that trust with your kids that they want to talk about their friendships or their friends being around? What do you guys think on that?
2: I'll tell you a story of how I failed. Okay, <laughs> with this we question. learned from that. <laughs> yes, For sure. I didn't know, and so maybe this will help somebody else. But one of the things that I've learned the hard way is, you know, we we have this value of multiple families that are in relationship together. Our kids are friends, and we're friends. We're you know at church together, and at, they're at school together now. Um, and there was an episode that came up between uh, the boys at school, and my son came home and told me about it. Well, my initial response, you know, was, okay, tell me, tell me. And then I was like, what? This happened to your buddy. So what do I do? I get on my phone and I text the other moms and say, what did you hear about what happened today? Well, what happened? And they were like, okay, I got to talk to my kids. I got to." And what happened was there was trust that was broken between my son and I, because I then went ahead and started talking to all the moms and the moms are going to the kids. The kids are feeling like, you know, our our guy had betrayed them by telling me. And so it turned into a big mess. And I've mm. noticed since then it's a little bit harder for him to come to me to talk about anything hard that's happening with those friends. And so I've I've learned the hard way that trust with your own kid is going to be most important. Yes, you need support as a parent, but maybe you speak about it very vaguely or you go outside of the, you know, the friends, moms or whatever, but just being really careful, you know, that relationship is a little bit broken because I, I went outside of the trust of him. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I, I don't have an easy answer to that except I've learned I got to keep my mouth shut with my friends <laughs> and, yeah. and allow him to feel like, you know, I am his safe place. And, um, so he's gonna come to Daddy a lot more on that. <laughs> but any
3: thought? And in your defense, I mean, there's times when I think you do intervene. You know, if if your friends, your kid's friends are getting involved in something that's damaging to them or their peers around them. But yeah, yeah that kind of goes back to the listening and asking questions thing, doesn't it? You know, to try and listen and maybe empower them. Hey, hey, buddy, do you think you should? Say something to so and so about the incident that happened, or whatever. Try to help empower them to go and take action to bring confrontation or sharpen or whatever it is.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and I think uh, I think we're we're always trying to figure out right whether it's youth ministry, parents, um, anyone. We're always all trying trying to figure out how do we how do we become consistent. Um, mm-hmm. that we follow through with things that we say we're gonna do, that we we, we hold to the the privacy or confidentiality yeah. um within that. But uh, but you know, trust just is always bred as as they see that you're a safe place, uh, you're a person that cares. Even if and, and let's just be honest, a lot of our kids, especially guys, they're not gonna share that oh, I can tell you care about me. Right, right. <laughs> right. right. But them coming They'll feel to you. It. Yep. and especially in those harder times right. it is big and so um you know but it's it's a learning every circumstance is a learning moment and uh and and i guess you know probably my biggest encouragement to parents is always don't be so busy or preoccupied with your own stuff that you you miss out on that or you get more frustrated because that i know that that's that's what i can default to and i've seen a lot of parents default to that and then within youth ministry and it's not a negative thing but um, within youth ministry, that's why some students will go and start opening up to volunteers, yeah. counselors, um, a lot more because there, there's not time. And so, you know, so for for parents especially, that you just find that this is a busy season. Um, you know, really pray through how you can have open ears, open space, to to really be attentive and and to be that trusting, safe place. Um, that like Kara Powell talks about and we said this in one of our first episodes you become a wall that they can kick off of yeah right? mm-hmm. it's like a swimming kind of picture that you can they can kick off of you because they know you're stable and strong yeah. and
1: yeah, yeah. consistent yeah that's so good and also too just kind of piggybacking in what you said Daniel about this empowerment piece um I think it's really good for us to empower the students on what to do next you know yeah. l- speaking from that scenario mm-hmm. with with you Alyssa like even talking to your son and saying well how what are you going to do about it type yeah. thing. <laughs> Not just saying that abrupt upfront, but kind of help walking them through, okay, how does that make you feel? Okay, wh- why is that so significant? Why do you feel the need to come tell me right now? Why was the first, this was the first thing that mm. you talked about when you got home today? You know, all of those things. And then by the end of that conversation, hopefully get, they get to a point where they even tell you, hey, can you ask the moms like what they thought? <laughs> you know, and right. I, yeah. they probably won't ever say that to you. Then you but, stay out of trouble. But exactly, <laughs> yeah. at least that, that trust that was broken is, Still there because he said, "Okay, it's okay for you to go and and talk to the moms." And even in that scenario too, asking your child, "Hey, can I tell other people about this?" Yeah, yeah. you can know, ask
3: for permission.
1: Exactly. If they say no, then don't do it. That's yeah. definitely going to break the trust. Yeah. But if you that's ask good. them, "Hey, can I go tell, um, you know, this person's mom or this person's dad?" And they say, "Yeah, that's probably a good idea." Well, yeah, asking they'll be able to, yeah. you know, kind of navigate that a little bit better. Um, having had that agreement. Having yeah. had that agreement. Yeah. yeah. So, one
3: no. other thing uh, students notice, teens notice your reaction when they say something to you. Alyssa and I have struggled with this and worked on this. So, uh, parents can, this is really practical, tell your face <laughs> when your kid's talking to you not to freak out about whatever they're saying. You know, so and so looked at something online, or this kid got in a fight, or whatever. Try to try to be as measured as possible <laughs> because if you go, what do they do? You know, you're gonna immediately prove that you're not to be trusted. You're yeah, not a safe yeah. place for them to share. YouTube that information. poker faces, poker faces. Work on that. your poker face.
0: And
1: that that idea has. It, that's not the first time that that topic has come up in really? this in this
0: podcast. Yeah, that's so, a big one for us. Yeah. Yeah. It's,
1: it's a huge point.
0: Alyssa, you have a couple books that you brought in here with yeah. you. I'd love for you to be able to just mention them so that parents can, yeah, yeah. can be aware.
2: So this one is um, worn because I have used it since they were little babies, but it's called Praying the Scriptures for Your Children. It's by Burnt. Um and it literally will go through different categories. And so one of them is with friends, and it has like 10 verses that you can insert their name and just pray. So I just pull this out and pray it over them as they're at school boundaries with teens dr Townsend of course is amazing yeah. the whole second half of this book gives really um practical tips about different scenarios if you if your teen is doing drugs you know you found out that they're doing drugs what do you do P- chapter on it if you, they're involved in this thing so very very practical and then sticky faith by Kara Powell again just the importance of surrounding them with other mentors and inviting them around the table not just giving them, you know, checking them in at youth group and picking them up at the end and hoping that they follow Jesus. So great, great books.
0: Well, thank you to both of you for coming on. Um, I just want to say that what I've been blessed by is that you guys throughout this have saturated the conversation with um, scripture and prayer as a huge foundation, which is is such a— a vital piece that um, awesome. anyone listening, whether you're strong in your faith or weak, mm-hmm. um, these are the pieces that play the biggest role in the formation of your teens. And yeah. so thank you for yeah. just inserting that in. And I know that's part of who you both are. That's part of your character and journey. Um, we know you're not perfect. Um, we keep track. <laughs> wow. um, oh, oh, I have a whole file on you. Okay, okay. You wow. All, <laughs>
2: all, this <next> yes. <laughs> all the dirt. Totally
0: joking. Dirt. Totally yeah. joking. We, we love and respect you guys. So...
1: Yeah, so uh, we're so excited about this topic and any future topics. And if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, man, I, I want you guys to talk about this thing or, or, or this topic, uh, please email us at ask at We'd love to talk about topics that, that you are dealing with right now. Well, we're so looking forward to the next episodes of Engaging Parenting, so please stay tuned in a couple weeks. Thank you for listening to the Engaging Parenting Podcast, hosted by Pastor Matt Bach and Pastor Cliff Woodward, presented by Bridgeway Christian Church. For more information about Bridgeway and other content, visit bridgeway.church.